Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Whispering Woods podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is episode 19. This episode is all about Goatman. It is. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Reverend Robert Jones. Hi, Robert. We wanted to give you a shout out um, for the really interesting information you provided to us about skinwalkers and Native American folklore. Obviously, you know, sometimes we're going to get stuff wrong because we only have the internet, really, to do our research. And we, yeah. So it was really nice to hear from you. To give us that little bit of feedback, we really appreciate it. And also the information about the Jasper. That's definitely something I'm going to do to keep those willies away. (laughs) Right, so Goatman. Do you know anything about Goatman? Uh, is he Goatman? Yeah, the Goatman. Have you heard of the Goatman? I don't know. Uh, have I heard about it? Yeah, I think I would have, but I don't know. Yeah, okay. Right, well, so that's why I've done an introduction for this piece, to explore Goatman folklore, mainly in America. Okay, so we've got the introduction today, and then we've got a story... But the story is based in Colombia. Not quite the same goat man, but it's a true story and it relates to a goat and a man. Okay? Yep. I'm sure that's clear as much. But before that, I just want to quickly mention also the Reverend, he um, he left another message on the Lala Chusa video on YouTube. Really interesting. But the night after he left the message... Rog text me and say, I can hear the owl. Yeah? Mm. And just as I came back into the living room and sat down, the owl out there started as well. <laughs> Which is really, really unusual to have them both hooting at the same time. Because I don't hear it that often. It's just, you know, probably not even once a month, once every mm. few months. 
But then Roger's owl was hooting at the same time. It's a bit <laughs> freaky, so I'm definitely going to get Jasper. I just got a feeling something might be going on there. Are you ready for the introduction? Yes, I am. The legend of the Goatman dates back at least to the 1950s and became popularised further in the 1970s when it was blamed for the decapitation of a dog in 1971. This creature is believed to reside in the woods of Prince George's County, Maryland, United States. Reported to resemble a human, but with goat-like features, he has been likened to the mythical form. With a body covered in hair and hooves instead of feet, the Goatman has the legs and lower body of a goat, but with the upper body of a man and horns that protrude from his head. His dwelling is a makeshift shelter deep in the forest, from where he will occasionally venture out to attack dogs or rush towards cars with an axe in hand. He is also known to let out a terrifying goat screech from deep within the forest. Sightings of this creature are still reported to this day, with this hybrid beast favouring couples who frequent a local lover's lane. There have also been reports of a goatman haunting the old Alton Bridge, which connects the cities of Denton and Copper Canyon in Texas, colloquially known as Goatman's Bridge. Legend has it that a black goat farmer named Oscar Washburn had moved to the area just north of the bridge and being a successful and honest businessman, he has been nicknamed the Goatman by locals. Oscar, unfortunately, then made the biggest mistake of his life. He made a sign saying this way to the Goatman and hung it on the bridge. This angered the clansmen from the town's local government and on a dark night in August 1938, they drove across the bridge with their lights out so as not to alert Oscar. They then abducted him, dragging him from his home and family and took him to the bridge. They placed a noose around his neck and threw him from the old Alton Bridge. When they looked down to ensure Oscar had perished, they saw just the empty noose swinging in the moonlight. He had disappeared. Angered by the situation, the clansmen went to his home where they found his wife and children and they proceeded to slaughter them, leaving not one alive. Since that night, the bridge has become a beacon for Satanists who performed satanic rituals and it was during one of these rituals that a gateway to hell was opened and the half-goat, half-man of folklore came through with large glowing red eyes and large horns. Local townsfolk now warn people not to venture across the bridge with no headlights as the goat man will appear on the other side. Visitors to the bridge have reported hearing hooves beating across its well-worn planks, maniacal laughing and terrifying screams emanating from the forest. It is said that if you drive across the bridge at midnight, 
and honk your horn twice, you will see the goatman's glowing red eyes. If brave enough to leave the safety of your vehicle and proceed to knock on the bridge three times, you will see the goatman appear in his full form. For those who have attempted to awaken the goatman from his slumber, upon returning to their cars, they have found the doors locking and unlocking on their own, and several cars have broken down. There have also been numerous reports of abandoned cars near the bridge, with their occupants missing without a trace. And much like a troll, goat men appear to be drawn to bridges, as the old Alton Bridge isn't the only one to claim a goat man as a resident. Moving now to Kentucky, the legend of the Pope Lick monster, locally known as Goatman, is said to live beneath a railroad trestle bridge over Pope Lick Creek. According to some reports, the creature will mimic voices to lure people onto the trestle before an oncoming train, whilst others say that the Goatman will jump down wielding a bloody axe from the bridge onto the roofs of passing cars. This goatman is believed to be the reincarnation of a local farmer who sacrificed goats to Satan in exchange for powers. Several people have lost their lives on or near the train trestle from terrible accidents, so be warned, when legend tripping across bridges, keep your wits about you as you never know if they also act as a walkway to hell, nor who or what caused the bridge its home. What is legend tripping? It's it's like a rite of passage. So say we've got Ghost Lane. Say you're teenagers, for instance, and there was something that you did down Ghost Lane. Mm. And you do it, you go there late at night because there's a legend that something's going to happen. I'm not making that very clear, really. But say, like, in the introduction, so the teenagers, whoever, they go there and they will put their turn their lights off on their car or then knock on the bridge and see if the goat man will appear. Mm. That is what legend tripping is. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think because we haven't really got anything local like that, have we? No. No, I can't think of anything that I know of, but, you know, that that happens all over the place, that young people will then go and make sure they do it so they can prove themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, sometimes people do get hurt. So you're not to do legend triple okay. without your mother. <laughs> Wouldn't be quite the same, though, would it? Yeah, there's also an episode on BuzzFeed Unsolved, um, Unsolved Unsolved Supernatural, that is. Did you watch any of those BuzzFeeds with me a few years ago, where they go to the paranormal places? I have no idea. It's two guys, and they go to haunted places. It's a bit comical, but really enjoyable. They've stopped doing the episodes now, but they do one at the Goatman Bridge. So I will link to that episode so everybody can take a look if they want to. If if they're like me, I just watch this stuff all the time. I love a story, you know, and I I love a story that scares me. Yeah. On that matter, 
Rog wanted me to say he does believe in Bigfoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't believe there's a Bigfoot in Lee Woods. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it would be a bit odd, but you know, it's all a bit of adventure and fun, isn't it? Yeah. On our way to school, this story reminds me, not that we saw Goatman, but on our way to school, there used to be the Iron Bridge that we used to cross every morning to get to school. Yeah. yeah. Now, we used to hang about with some kids in the children's home that was also on the way to school. So one night we snuck out and we headed down. It was quite a walk from where we lived, me and me and Matt. And we had to go down, we used to call it the Stony Way. So it was a gravel path all the way down through this field and there was a park on your left. Um, and then there was a like a hedgerow, like a row of tree hedges. Um, once we were there, we looked over and it looked like there was a pathway illuminated mm. along the grass. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was like light. Yeah. And we both started walking up it a little bit and then really freaked ourselves out because we said if we go up there, we're, we're not coming back. You know? Yeah. When you get those things, it, it just something in your gut said, and it wasn't like I'm not saying this pathway opened up hard to explain but the best way I can explain it is it was like a dimension thing dimensional thing you know like going through to a different dimension yeah yeah um of it so we didn't go up the path um we carried on over the iron bridge and then stuck into the children's home the night <laughs> there is a legend in Blee's Castle, isn't there? About the giants. There is, yeah. What was the giant called again? I don't know. But they had the giant bath and the concrete with his footprint in yeah. and the castle. Yeah, and then there's the witch's and cave. The, yeah, and there's lots of caves in there. And the seat as well, the giant seat mm-hmm. and the cliff, yeah. And you know um, Avon Gorge, so where yeah. the bridge is? Suspension Bridge. Yeah. That's where the two giants were meant to have had a fight, mm. and one of them fell over, and that formed the gorge. Formed the wall. You know what the water. Yeah, what it formed. It. Yeah, that's that's what the fake lore is. How one, big do you reckon they were? Then? They would have been massive. Yeah, wouldn't they? Because <laughs> <laughs> that thing goes on for miles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a little little bit of our fake lore great mm. we used to go up to the witch's cave and sort of sit in there and yeah get scooped out have you ever been in the cave yeah yeah love it love the exploring yeah there's quite a lot of caves in Bristol there are yeah there's Redcliffe caves they're used for a lot of films and things they were actually used in a TV show which was one of my favourites called The Living and the Dead and there was a story about a mine in it and they used the cave. It's great. I was really gutted when they cancelled it in the BBC. I was so gutted that I even tweeted Netflix and told them to take it <laughs> Nobody answered me. <laughs> right, are you ready for the first and only story? Yes, I am. A little backstory from myself. 
I'm a 29-year-old Colombian female, being born and raised in Colombia. I've had my share of paranormal, dangerous and scary experiences. The first one I can think of was this one. The story that my mum told me once I was old enough to cope with it. She is a fairly religious woman. We all are, after all, Catholic to the core. She was born in this tiny little rural town, very deep in the Colombian plains. This deserted part of the country is famous for cattle raising, coat plants harvesting and guerrilla encounters with the military and paramilitary troops. Needless to say, it is a rough place to grow up, especially for a small female like my mum was. They were a rather poor family. My grandfather worked as a jeep driver instead of cabs since there are no concrete roads from dusk till dawn but not nearly making as much as he needed to support his rather large family. My grandmother took care of the kids, five in total, two girls and three boys, and made ice cream and other stuff to sell around town. My mum grew up pretty much on her own. My grandmother was a very moody woman and did not show emotions or love towards anyone, ever. They used to go to church every Sunday, for this is pretty much the only thing you can do around these places. And the rumours of witches, paedophiles and rapists were an everyday thing. But it somehow never seemed to touch my family or the ones they knew. One day, my mum was being a little difficult. She was only six, but she remembers going to church and then making a scene at the end because she didn't get a treat at the town plaza. My grandmother being the short-fused woman that she was, told her to stop it or else she would be taken by the devil for being a bad girl. This was a very common threat back in the day, in such a religious society, so she neither stopped nor gave any mind to what her mother was saying. She then saw him. He was a rather tall man, dressed really well. He was staring at them from the other side of the plaza, people walking in front of him hastily, as well as others around. But no one seemed to notice him. My mum stopped crying, and the man just smiled and waved, slowly and very candidly. My mum just stared and waved back. She was a six-year-old after all. She didn't know what else to do. My grandmother was just glad she had finally shut up, so she took her home by the hand almost dragging her down the road. Once there, she gave my mum a rather rough spanking that led to her resenting her mother and everything else. That night, when they had all gone to bed, my mum woke up to the sound of a tiny little chick. She loved animals and she was very used to them, living in such a rural town as this one was. So she thought maybe she could catch it and keep it. She sat up, put on her flip-flops and slowly started giving chase to the sound of the tiny chick, not seeing it, but hearing it all the time. She slowly started walking towards the back of the house. These country houses are very poor and usually don't have walls in the back, so you can literally walk out, so that's what she did. It was pitch black, but she knew how to handle herself in the dark. She was also a pretty fierce little girl always playing rough with the boys and scratching her knees 
So she walked out of the backyard. She passed by the giant mango tree that was the limit of her house. And the chick sounded so near, she just had to catch it. She did not see the chick though, but kept walking in the dark trying to reach it. Sometimes it sounded really close, like right next to her. But sometimes it kind of faded out as if the chick was now a mile away from her. This kept on for a while, until she found herself in the place she hadn't seen before. She knew her town. She knew then that she was lost. She stood in the middle of a tiny hill. Maybe she could see her house from there, but she didn't. Then she heard it. The chick was so far away again. The sound almost unintelligible now. And then a voice. Glad to see you again, little Pat. We've been waiting for you. She turned around to see that same man from the plaza, his eyes glaring in the moonlight. The same warm smile and the black hat, black coat, black vest, black pants. Next to him, there was a lady she knew well, Mrs Lopez, from the crooked street next to the military base. She looked pretty much as always, just sitting there, with her Sunday dress, black as the night itself, a black lace veil on the back of her hair, hands crossed on her lap. They were both sitting on a falling log, huge and also kind of decomposing. My mum saw worms crawling and insects moving around it. She realised then of the smell. It stunk of rotting meat, rotting eggs, bad breath, all at the same time. She felt like throwing up. She grasped and covered her mouth with her hands. Then a couple of shadows moved in the back. There were more kids there, but she didn't know them. This struck her as odd, since in her town, everyone knew each other, and they have known each other for years. People just didn't move in out of the blue. But then she noticed something odd. The kids didn't look like kids. The faint moonlight let her see their faces, and they were old, wrinkly, almost like a grown-up face, and also... Their clothes were strange, black rags, just kind of hanging from their bony bodies. It was then she tried to scream. The scream didn't come out though, but the man started laughing. It was a surprisingly warm laugh, kind of like leaves crunching under your feet. It wasn't menacing, so she took her hand off her mouth. He then looked at her candidly and said, Your mum told me to come for you. Don't be afraid. We're going to have a great time. He then stood up, and that's when horror hit her. His legs until now looked like regular pants, but they weren't. He was standing on two hooves like a goat, (laughs) and his hooves were huge. Stomping the ground as he started moving towards her. Then Mrs Lopez stood up and opened her mouth. She heard the chick again this time so far off, but coming out of her mouth for sure. She took off, running the way she thought she had come in, screaming bloody murder and crying. (laughs) She never looked back, but she kept hearing the chick, sometimes far, sometimes close, sometimes so close to her it made her run even faster. She then saw a light flickering through the field, The scarce trees let her see through and she recognised the shape of my grandfather's broad shoulders 
and his flashlight circle moving around. She screamed at him and he stood up looking around until she finally reached him and hugged him. My grandfather just stood there holding his little girl until she stopped crying and told him about the man, about Mrs. Lopez and the weird kids. He brushed it off, saying she'd had a nightmare and not to worry, but she insisted and was instead harshly disciplined for sneaking out in the middle of the night. Dawn came and my grandmother sat on the kitchen table and called her up. She knew she was in for it, so she was preparing for the worst beating of her life. But surprisingly, her mother did not have a belt or anything on her hands. She was just sitting there, looking concerned, and asked her to sit. My mum complied, and she then asked, And what happened last night? My mum told her everything, from the moment she heard the chick until she saw my grandfather. My grandmother just listened, wide-eyed, twisting her fingers and cracking her knuckles. When my mum stopped, she told her what had happened. She apologised for calling her a bad girl and threatening to give her away to the devil, and then started crying and saying that she didn't know better. She had been raised that way as well, and that's the only way she knew how to deal with children. My mum was confused. Why was she apologising? She then proceeded to tell her that the man in the plaza and the field was the same man, the devil. That is why she didn't notice his legs up until the very last minute. He doesn't show his true nature until it's too late. Fortunately for her, my mum was quick and tough and a little rascal, so he couldn't reach her fast enough. Also, the lady next to him, she called her the Pio Pio witch. Pio Pio being the sound that a little chick makes in Spanish, and that she knew her well but she had cursed a friend of hers a few years back. It is known that the witch uses the sound of a small chick to attract kids to her. And when you hear her far, she is actually right next to you. And when you hear her close, she is probably far away. She promised her nothing will ever happen to her again, but she needed to behave better and also never ever leave the house without her knowing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, 
I reckon the devil would look quite slick. I reckon he would as well. Because if he looks, I mean, he can probably change his form. Yeah. But if he looked scary, you wouldn't go near him, would you? No. You know? He wouldn't be able to tempt you into... What's that show you like to Lucifer, uh, wasn't it? That's what I was just thinking. If, if I were to picture the devil, I'd picture him as Lucifer. Lucifer. And there's a film, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's got Al Pacino in it, and he's the devil. Mm. And he's slick. Like, he's a multi-millionaire with, you know, money and yeah. beautiful people around him. And that, for me, personifies what I think the devil would look like. Not with the horns and stuff. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks it would be. I just don't reckon it would look anything like that. Yeah, I think he'd be, yeah, dressing really smart. I reckon, smart. like, he'd look like a human, but not at the same time. Like, yeah. He'd look like a creature half human. Oh, I think if he went into his real real form, he'd be terrifying. Yeah. But to be able to get tall people to him, he'd be, like, a, a massive manipulator. Yeah. Yeah? But when when they say he has like them red pointy horns, I reckon he'd have horns like um like I can't remember what they're called, but they're like ram horns. They're kind of swirly. Yeah, that's ram horns. Yeah, yeah. Or, or goats. Some goats have them. Yes, I think, that's, yeah, yeah. I reckon he'd be like that. Yeah, that's how I see him when he he go, when he goes into the you know. Mm. Oh. <laughs> What's <was> that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have you seen that that goat that uh, was walking on its two feet and apparently it's like a demon or something? Oh, the video. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. It's really freaky, isn't it? It just walks around like a human. Yeah, some lot, just a big, big black goat and it just stands up and walks into a dark room. <laughs> Poor goat. He probably had somebody filming him without his permission. Yeah. <laughs> and they've shared it worldwide. But yeah, that is really exposed him. Yeah, exposed him to the demon he is. <laughs> but I reckon if the person who filmed it, uh, like, uh, went disappeared, that would be freaky. That would be. We'd have to read up on the backstory of that goat. I'll also leave a link in the episode description. I just think, if, what would you do if you had a goat and it did that? Cook it. Would you? <laughs> nah. What would you do when you had to go and feed it? Nah, like, I, I, I just say right. I don't have any, I don't have any harm against you. Mm-hmm. Just take your food, mm-hmm. and I'll keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'd be like, right, goat, <laughs> you stay right over there. I'm coming in with your food, yeah. And if it moved, it wouldn't be getting the food. Yeah, if it, if it just stood <laughs> up on its two legs, I say, oh, it's sort of now. <laughs> I'd throw it through the fence. <laughs> okay, well, that is the end of this episode. If you have any recommendations that you would like to hear, please let us know and we will do what we can. Yeah, abnormal. All of our links to social media in the descriptions, along with a few other things. And I've also found a photo that I'll put in the podcast description of the bridge that I used to cross to school every morning. Not only did we see another dimension trying to open up, 
Nanny, when she was walking to us, us to school, no, it was walking home from school, from primary school, mm. we went across the same bridge for both primary and senior. Guess what we saw once in the bushes? What? A flasher. Flasher? Do you know what a flasher is? What is that? Right, back in the day, you don't get it so much now. Men used to walk around with a long coat on mm. and expose themselves. It used to happen a lot. And so this happened in the bush. So Nanny grabbed us by the hands and marched us back over the bridge, back to school to ring the police. That There was a flasher in the bushes over the iron bridge. <laughs> What's going through your head when you think you're on a girl? You're just going to go in the woods with a long coat and sneak mm. <laughs> Well, it used to happen a lot in Hembury. That's not the only time we got flashed, actually. Auntie Becky got flashed when I think they'd finished senior school. I don't know if it was, or maybe they were knocking off at Blaisworths, all right? Mm. But don't ever do And um, they got flashed then, but instead of running away, they laughed at him. And I think a friend shouted at him, and he ran away. <laughs> yeah, no. If I was walking around Denver and I saw somebody doing that, I'd be like... What the hell? I'm yeah. like, just get out of it. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure what, what they gained from it. But, you know, takes all sorts. Just don't flash us. <laughs> right, that is the end of the episode. We will catch up with you again next week. Goodbye. Take care, everyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello. 